You're about to listen to an episode of Legally Fonds. This episode is brought to you in association with LawSchool.ie. LawSchool.ie is Ireland's leading provider of tuition for the FE1 or King's Inns entrance exams. Each course is delivered live online with a specific exam focus and supported by the latest manuals. Shorter, pre-recorded workshops are also available and courses commence every year in June and November. Register anytime at lawschool.ie and for a 10% discount on any course, just use the discount code LEGALLYFOND. In this episode of Legally Fond, should somebody who has been a smoker for many, many decades be able to sue a tobacco company for the personal injuries that resulted from their smoking? Or does this suggestion seem so absurd that maybe it's not even worth hearing in court in the first place? I don't know, can I sue Ben and Jerry's for making me fast? Or can I sue Red Bull for... Not giving you wings. Not giving me wings. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 7 of Legally Fond. This month, Legally Fond are taking part in Movember to play a small part in trying to help support positive mental health in men. For those of you who follow our Instagram, you may have seen our post and our beginnings of our moustaches. If you can head over to our bio, you can donate to us, which will then go towards a fund which helps take on uh, testicular cancer, prostate cancer, aids in the fight of uh, preventing suicide and indeed promoting positive mental health amongst men. It's a great cause and we'd really appreciate if you could put some spare change uh, towards this. Margaret Delahunty has been a smoker since uh, 1938, since she was 12 years old. In 1995, she was diagnosed with cancer. She underwent surgery and she has continued smoking since then, albeit she has moved to a different brand of cigarettes. She's addicted to smoking and she still smokes 20 a day. So essentially what she seeks to do in this case is sue these cigarette companies for the damage to her health caused by the cigarettes that she has been smoking, which were manufactured by them. So she's not actually suing the tobacco companies in the Supreme Court. She is asking the Supreme Court whether she can sue them in the first place. The tobacco companies wanted to throw the case out straight away. They wanted to get rid of it. Basically, they said this would be wasting the court's time. They can't be sued for this kind of thing. They'd, you know, they'd go out of business and every long-term smoker would be suing them for the next 50 years. Okay, so how is she going to sue the tobacco companies? What is she using? Well, she's saying that the cigarettes themselves were defective products. There's a 1991 act that says, for the purposes of this act, a product is defective if it fails to provide the safety which a person is entitled to expect. So obviously there's a bit of a weird question of how safe do you expect cigarettes to be? Now, before we get into the discussion, the tobacco company's lost. This woman in her 80s who had been smoking 20 to 30 cigarettes a day for best part of 70 years, she won. The Supreme Court said, yes, you can sue the tobacco companies. The the barrister who's who's representing the cigarette companies makes a good point in that. He says they were lawfully produced. They were no different from any other cigarettes, these particular cigarettes. The Sink, Silk Cut Mild, I believe is the brand. They, Silk Cut so Extra Mild. She switched to Silk Cut Extra Mild in 1995. Yeah. Now she was obviously diagnosed with cancer, underwent successful surgery, thankfully. I think it's where they say extra mild. It implies that they're healthier or better for you than I don't know not healthy cigarettes, cigarettes. <laughs> healthy cigarettes yeah so is this a flaw in the in the marketing of cigarettes because they I think the cigarettes companies later admit that extra miles 
actually refers to the taste, that they taste less harsh as opposed to uh, that they are in any way that they've they, less, less carcinogenic. Less yeah. carcinogenic. Funnily enough, so I worked in a shop and when you get a delivery of cigarettes into the shop, so we open the box like full of whatever, could be five grand's worth of cigarettes, you know, a couple of hundred packets. We still get the branding and we get leaflets advertising the cigarettes. Catalogue almost. A catalogue of all these, all the products and all the like, you know, how great it tastes and all this kind of stuff. Because it's not for retail sale, like all these kind of, because we have to break them up into individual packets. It's for the merchants. It's for the merchants. We get all the advertising. There were 89 different types of cigarettes that we sold. How many were typically sought by customers? There's a few that were very popular. A lot of them are different sizes. King size. There's Yeah, it's really funny though, because whenever you start working, so I remember my first week, people come, there's about four or five different names for the same brand of cigarette, as it's just like colloquially. Mm. And yeah, you can, absolutely. And, you, and yeah. you gradually learn the, street all the, names, the yeah. street names for all these different types like of cigarettes. Like Marlboro Light is Marlboro Gold. As well, if any, mostly every other country, they're still called lights and stuff. But here, because we're so strict on advertising, we can't. But that brings us back to the core point of is saying that these cigarettes are extra mild. Is, is that is de- deceptive? Yeah. As we said, this woman is essentially a career smoker. She is a life, lifetime professional smoker <laughs> as, as, as far as one can be. Presumably, she would be acquainted with the fact that these references refer to the taste and the kind of consumption and enjoyment of the cigarette as opposed to its safetiness. Because, of course, as we know, they are inherently dangerous. If you go in her particular case, she probably knew that it was about taste. But if you say that to somebody who hasn't smoked yet, I think it's a lot more vague. And I think that's really the Mm. issue you're trying to... Because you want to stop young people smoking. Mm. But at the time at which this case was taken, what was it, 2006? Yes. The smoking ban had come in under the Fianna Fáil government when Micheál Martin was Minister for Health, which was pioneering in Europe to ban smoking. Worldwide. In in, in Ireland's famously smoky pubs. And of course, it was well-known, a well-established fact from the 60s that 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 smoking was was dangerous to one's health and and this is the famous um kind of shift in its advertising technique from lucky strike whereby they moved away from marketing these as healthy long opening strengthening uh products to to something that was marketed as being toasted which didn't necessarily have any health implications but again referred to the taste the production of the cigarette itself but didn't make it out to be some healthy um, I don't know, I can't. I, I'm frazzled. Yeah, but I, sorry, to go back to Marlboro Light, and I agree with you, Alex, I think, yeah, for someone who isn't familiar with cigarettes or hasn't smoked before, the word light implies less heavy, less dangerous, mm. less um, less powerful. Uh, if you think of Co- Coca-Cola Zero and Diet Coke, uh, those brands imply that the, the drinks are more healthy for you it's it's on a scale of well this the word here is mild we know we know that cigarettes everyone knows cigarettes aren't good for you everyone knows there is a link between cigarettes and lung cancer um but the world mild if you look no, at no if, if you look at mild here in the terms of curry if you have a mild curry it's a less spicy curry but nonetheless it remains a curry <laughs> 
And so if you apply that to cigarettes, there is an inherent quality in a cigarette that makes it a cigarette, which is the nicotine, the tar and the tobacco that goes into its production. Okay, that is not removed from it. So, so I would think it has to be contextualized within cigarettes. Basically, this woman is suing them for personal injuries and a what? What was it? It was it was a alleged negligence, a breach of duty, and subsequently also a breach of statutory duty on the behalf of the state for failure to adequately re- regulate these products. But if you look at the the general selling of cigarettes, they are sold as independent boxes of usually twenty cigarettes. Okay, so it's it's one unit as such within that then you have the 20 individual cigarettes if you were to even smoke those in in one sitting of course the product is inherently addictive but the one box itself the damage that that causes to one's human constitution is is almost so insignificant that the company cannot be blamed for a subsequent buying of those cigarettes particularly when the consumer is well aware of the health problems that may arise but they do know they're selling an addictive product. As but in, but is equally, like I mean, much... sugar sugar is addictive. I mean, um, nicotine is highly addictive. Nicotine and is sugar highly. Is, it's in its like, own. Sugar is in bread. Like, well, al- it's not alcohol a... is highly addictive as well, and it is a, a, an incredibly socially destructive. But drug. it doesn't have an. I think there are alcohol addicts, but I don't think alcohol has an addictive ingredient like cigarettes have nicotine in them. Now, it I'm has open to a... be corrected by I'd... more scientific people. To be very fully honest, now I'm not going to say the tobacco industry has been treated unfairly, but because they have, but as in, no, I think there is a, we regulate tobacco so much, like it's marketing, it's branding, you know, health warnings on the packaging and like, you know, there's that uh, South Park ad about, you know, alcohol is like, drink, 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 cars, girls, you know, nights out, drink, 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 gamble, you, cars, girls, hotel rooms. Vegas, da, 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 da. please drink responsibly. Like at the end, like it's mm. kind of to me, it's a bit hypocritical. A- again, though, Maybe. Ireland is quite far ahead in its uh, regulation of the advertising of cigarettes in Germany. You can advertise on billboards. They still have the coloured boxes now. They do have the pictures and the warnings, but they have the coloured, properly branded boxes of cigarettes. Um, pricing as well across most of Europe is nowhere near as high. Or as as, as 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 strict as it is in Ireland. I agree with you, Alex. I think there is a disproportionately heavy... Well, it's not that there's a disproportionately heavy burden on cigarettes. It's that there's a disproportionately light regulation on advertising of alcohol, particularly. Alcohol companies famously uh, are linked with, with sports, major sporting events. And often their advertising doesn't even allude to the fact that they are alcohol brands i'm not going to mention the big irish alcohol brands but quite often you wouldn't even have a pint seen in the advertisement uh they they have these really glossy aspirational exciting ads but then they don't actually show that they're selling alcohol at the yeah, end but look the thing is and that's, ga- yeah but look if, if you look at the advertising for the the brands to which you're alluding in in the alcohol industry a lot of that i mean people these are well-established brands people are very aware of them existing. It's reminder advertising. I mean, this is a culturally accepted drug. It's the same with cigarettes. You know, well, I no, think they're, alcohol, they're alcohol fundamentally, yes, but alcohol fundamentally can be enjoyed in a responsible way. There's an element of human agency in one's consumption of alcohol. Okay? I just know how responsible alcohol looks when you walk down Harcourt Street at two o'clock in the morning. Well, this is the thing, but equally you can have a glass of wine with your dinner and, you know, th- that can be and the end of And you can have a cigarette it. after a long day. That doesn't mean- We interrupt this broadcast 
for a message from our sponsor. Hi, my name is Alex, and I smoke camels every day of the week. It's added years to my life, fortified my lungs, and all the best podcasters smoke camel. This message is approved by Legally Fond. When she was growing up, this plaintiff, she was probably she was subject to this kind of advertising. And you could say that, well, they knew it was unhealthy. Like, the cigarette companies did know it was unhealthy. They knew for a long time at one stage that British and American tobacco, nobody on the board smoked. Which kind of says a lot. So if you say, well, that carried on, they advertise, although legally they did, it was false advertising, and that got her addicted. I, like, I... Now she is suing the the company she only started the company cigarettes. She both, only started smoking. It? I think it was it was both. Okay, but within the context then of the reality of how businesses operate, how was a cigarette company whose market is the selling of cigarettes safely sell cigarettes whilst being conscious towards the health risks? The only option is withdrawal of cigarettes from a market, which undermines their... I'm going to make a broad point here. Personally, I I get it. I feel sorry for the plaintiff. I understand why she's suing and why they allowed her to to sue. Like, the Supreme Court didn't answer the question of whether she deserves damages. The Supreme Court said, well, there can be investigations into this. There's evidence worth hearing. There's evidence worth hearing, which is perfectly fine. It means that it's transparent. It means that the public are, have access to it. That's only a good thing. And an issue that kind of comes up a tiny bit at the end of the case, but doesn't really, is this idea of causation. And you'll you'll know this in criminal law or tort law. It's the idea that there has to be a clear link between the wrongdoing in the first place and the resulting injury to the person. So in this case, there has to be a clear link between the cigarettes selling the cigarettes to this lady, the plaintiff, and her injury which in this case was cancer and the deterioration to her health and her lungs etc and sometimes that link isn't clear enough sometimes that link can be broken because of intervening actions we, we all agree that there's a clear link obviously between her smoking the cigarettes and, and her health deteriorating but do you think that maybe her continuation of, of smoking cigarettes certainly after having a cancer diagnosis and having uh, undergone surgery to remove the cancer, do you think that breaks the causation? I don't know. Like, because she, she knows at that time. She said she didn't she go- continues smoking knowing the damage that the cigarettes are having to her health. I mean, pe- pe- people can quit. People have quit. There are, no- there are now more reformed smokers in Ireland than there are smokers. That's the reality of it. Reformed smokers, it's not the Catholic well, Church. Look, look, what, am, what, what am I supposed <laughs> to say? It's nine, nine, nine thesis banging on the door of uh, British American smoke who, who no longer smoke. That's the case as it, as it is at present. So it's not an impossibility to quit. Um, particularly when at that turning point in which she underwent surgery, it became very evident and there was certainly no doubt that it was made explicitly clear to her in one way or another that smoking was the root cause of this treatment and that the continuation of that smoking habit would no doubt lessen her life quality and life expectancy. And you'd imagine any doctor would have told her, please stop smoking, please try to quit. You've got to switch to the extra, extra mile. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what does it say about the law and personal responsibility? If someone can sue a, a tobacco company knowing the risks of cigarettes, do, does this Look, say something about almost a compensation culture that it's, people it's, would... It's this idea of an overarching nanny state where it undermines any sense of 
individual integrity in making these decisions and they are conscious decisions that we make no matter what way you look at it there is certainly an element of manipulation i've no doubt in terms of marketing there is there are suggestions all around us on a daily basis on what we should consume and how we should consume it but ultimately the choice lies with us as individuals and su- to suggest that the state should act perpetually in 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 kind of in in loco parentis as a parent and watch over us and prevent prevent any vice ever entering our life is 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 not the kind of world where most people want to live in ultimately. can we well i don't know i was gonna think before this episode and was reading the case like i don't know can i see ben and jerry's for making me fast or can i see a red bull for you know not giving you wings not giving me wings pierce i I'm almost ashamed to say I agree with you. You have a you have a, you make a good points. Thank you, Alex, and I agree with your agreement. I think it is well founded. I concur. Um, sorry, I concur. I, I, <laughs> Gavin, uh, come on, go, jump jump in and be the moderate. Dowd Jay, I concur. Well, well, look as well. Look, you you bring up alcohol there. The famous slogan of a particular um, notable brewing brand was, "Blank is good for you. Guinness is good for you." Um, Obviously, that 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 you is used taken, to get it after you give blood, but that is taken with a pinch of salt as well, because you kind of read that with a, a wink and a smile, and you think, you know, you you look at the the bloated caricatures, you know, gladly enjoying a, a pint of Guinness and things. And there are look, you can extrapolate or from whatever toucan. you want. You can extrapolate that, for example, a glass of red wine is good for your heart, maybe once a week or something like that. Guinness has an <laughs> iron content that can contribute to a healthy constitution. You know, whiskey is good for the numbing of pain or, or you know, toothache or the like. Uh, brandy, yeah, I think alcohol you know, is going to... Brandy and port can settle the stomach. All no, these sorry, things have literally no redeeming features. No, they um, they, 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 they actually, ha- they make you less nervous if you... Oh, oh is this the dementia? Right. Apparently they stimulate something in your brain that helps prevent dementia. Okay. <laughs> if you live that long to... So, to, uh, well, we'll talk about the defective Let's go thing. to defectivity. The test that was laid out for assessing whether or not a product is defective is essentially if it fails to provide for the safety of the consumer, which they can be reasonably entitled to expect in the following categories. You have number one, the presentation of the product. I assume that goes as far as saying you can't dangerously package a product and you can't misleadingly. The branding and the name, I'd say, comes into that probably. Um, And then this falls under the, the use to which the product can be reasonably expected. Uh, to be put which essentially for cigarettes is presumably you smoke them there's not much else you can do with them (laughs) Um, and then the uh, final category is the time when the product was put into circulation I suppose this is kind of a bit of a sticky one with cigarettes because they've been around for a very long time they're pretty formulaic in their production other than the scientific reading surrounding their dangerous nothing much has really changed in how they have been consumed by the general public. There's chewing tobacco. Snuff. Snuff. Yeah, the, like you inhaled their snores, is it? And then you had, obviously, pipe smoking, which has declined a lot, and cigar smoking and various other forms of But they've kind of... Smoking. Got pipe smoking and cigar smoking kind of just become, like, high-end, trendy sort of hipster stuff. Like. I mean, they, yeah. they were... I mean, like, cigars are always seen as... yeah. The smoking choice of of the aristocracy of the upper class. I mean, there was you know Cuban much the cigars. same. Cuban cigars, of course. I mean, you know, like famous figures like uh, Churchill, Sigmund Freud, big cigar smokers. But cigarettes have kind of survived in a bizarre way, where other things have fallen off. A if bit you more. watch 
any why so, because they're addictive probably yeah exactly but no i just <laughs> if you watch any so like how, somehow yeah. they've managed to survive one of the things as well which i think is quite interesting was the plaintiff's justification for switching to what she argued in the in in the court was a or what she was led to believe was a safer cigarette to smoke the silk cut extra mild was because she w- became subsequently concerned about the health risks of smoking I mean, there is no cigarette that is good to smoke. There's your PSA for this episode of Legally Fond. So, uh, I mean, I, I really struggle to buy that. If she was truly concerned, now I recognise as well that she, you know, she she fully admitted how addicted she was to cigarettes. But um, th- there were remedies at that time or avenues that she could have pursued in, in helping her quit the habit of smoking. And I, I think there was no presentation of evidence uh, to that effect well, Again, the, if this went to trial, like she would have had to answer that, like she would have yeah, been cross-examined. The, the the high court judge said it's a matter for evidence at trial to assess whether the nature of her addiction rendered it impossible or unreasonable for a person so addicted to stop smoking. Ultimately, the Supreme Court were answering the question: Should this go to trial? And is it frivolous or vexatious? So much so that uh, it should be thrown out of court. Do you think, on the face of it? A smoker suing a tobacco company, knowing the risks for their own the deterioration to their health. Do you, do you think it sounds it sounds no, a bit frivolous? I do. It? I think I think it's go, it's almost like if you were to 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 draw on this and and say, it, look, if if you had a few too many drinks of a particular brand and went out and did something stupid, you know, broke some kind of law, committed assault, to then draw that line of causation all the way back to the brewery that produced the drink that you consumed and to say, well, this is the root cause of, of, of my, of my no, collapse of moral, I don't think, moral behavior. I don't think that, no, I don't think that's quite a fair, fair comparison. I think it's a, like, it is a highly addictive substance. It's more in line with the pharma companies being sued over their marketing of prescription drugs in the States. I think it's that, yeah. because it is that addictive. I'm not immediately struck that it's, a great idea to sue tobacco companies like are going to be on the old personal responsibility side of side of things initially having said that i'd rather it go to trial and flesh it out than just have it covered up like be left in the dark yeah Yeah. transparency is is probably the better option in in anything we do sure sure um to give two examples there have been loads of cases against big tobacco in the u.s kind of starting from, from the 80s onwards but one was the case of a, a widow who sued on behalf of their their partner who had died from lung cancer, uh, and a jury awarded them twenty three billion dollars. Twenty three. That's more than Apple's tax bill in here. <laughs> exactly. Like, let's what? See, this is the problem in the U.S. As far as I know, you have a right to jury trial for anything. So juries decide personal injuries awards. Twenty three billion. It was revised on appeal. By judges down to 17 million. Uh, Jeez, that's some drop. Million. Could you imagine? Yeah. So that's how much his life was worth. If you if you ever if someone ever says you're priceless, uh, not no, quite not priceless. Quite. 23 billion. <laughs> uh, and there there was another set of cases where the attorney generals in loads of states in the US uh, sued the tobacco companies. But interestingly, their argument was. You've covered up. You knew the link between tobacco and cancer. You didn't talk about this for years. You've covered this up. uh, And it's cost us a massive amount to provide the health care services to people who have various issues with their their lungs and lung cancer, etc., which was quite interesting. 
So as you heard at the beginning of this episode, we are trying to do a small bit in the fight for positive mental health amongst men. And we have a link in our Instagram bio at the moment where you can donate whatever you've lying around to help in promoting positive mental health amongst men fighting prostate and testicular cancer and tackling suicide prevention um, amongst young men as well. So we'd be very grateful if you could contribute to that. But it's not just about raising money. It's about starting conversations about mental health and seeing how your friends are doing. How are you guys doing at the moment? I'm good, Gavin. Oh, I really, I'm, I'm all great. the better for hearing your voice. Thanks, Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> um, as well, if you like this episode, we've got loads more. So listen to our back catalogue. If you like the episodes, then leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. We do read them all. <laughs> <laughs> we're watching. <laughs> we're, we're watching. But, uh... And just a reminder that this episode is, of course, sponsored by Lucky Strike. I'm Pierce Amara, and when I step out of the studio, I light up a Lucky Strike. It's fresh, it's clean, and it's toasted. Ladies and gentlemen, Lucky Strike. Lucky Strike. 